I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This talk continues our four-week teaching series, The Cell, where we look at the ancient words of the 23rd Psalm. Join us this week as we look at the cell of spiritual drift. We're in this series called The Cell, and we're simply walking through the ancient words found in Psalm 23. They're words that comfort. They're words that encourage. They're words that will, if we'll let them, lead us out of whatever cell we might find ourselves in. Let me ask you this. Have you ever found yourself in a cell? In a dark place? In a place where you're just kind of stuck? I know I've been there. And here's the problem with the cell. It actually becomes kind of familiar to us And we prefer it over to what God has for us. Because we get so used to it that we actually like that over the future that God has for us. And so today is just kind of a wake-up call to say we can't get numb to the cell because God has a better way for us. I want to read the six verses that are found in the 23rd Psalm. And then we're going to zero in on a couple of verses for our conversation today. So out of respect for God and his word, would you please stand with me as I read? Verse one says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. I think it's fair to say that life doesn't always go the way we want it to, right? I mean, like, this is no shock for anybody here because we live this. There are ups and downs. There are twists and turns. Sometimes we find ourselves rolling down a cliff, and it's like we're out of control. Or maybe you would describe it this way. It's like you're driving off of a cliff and you're just waiting for the crash and the burn at the bottom. See, there are obstacles in this road called life that we all must obviate. And here's what I do. See if you do the same thing. This stuff, these obstacles, these twists and turns, these ups and downs have this amazing ability to throw us into a very dark place, to throw us into a cell. And when we find ourselves there, here's what happens. The smile kind of disappears. I mean, it's like totally gone because we've lost friendships. And we tend to drift away from the shepherd, the one who has the ability to lead us out of this dark place, to lead us out of the cell. See, the dips in life can ruin us. Not the drips in life. They're like a whole different thing that can ruin us, and we'll save that for a different conversation. But the dips in life can ruin us, the low spots, the cell. 
And so what I'd like to think about today is the dip in my friendship with God and how that can cause me to drift in a pretty significant way. Now, let's try to define some things so we know what we're talking about. Here's a definition for spiritual drift. It's any time my friendship with God takes a backseat to pain or other pursuits in my life. And I'm okay with that. The key word there being okay, like I'm not disappointed, I'm not aggravated, I'm not frustrated with myself, I'm okay with God being way in the back because I have too much pain in life. It's too much pain, which is really nothing more than a bad excuse. Or I'm also okay with God being way in the back of my life because I have too many other pursuits. There's just a lot happening, which is nothing more than a bad choice. So I want to say all of that again because I think it's really valuable for us to get this. Spiritual drift is any time my friendship with God takes a backseat to pain or other pursuits in my life, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with God being in the back because it's just too painful. Bad excuse. I'm okay with God being way in the back because I have too many other things going on. I'm too busy for him. It's just a bad choice. Now, let's think about this. For a moment. Seth Godin, an author and a blogger, has actually written a book called The Dip. And he describes the dip this way Whenever we venture out in life and we begin something new, there's generally a lot of excitement about that. I mean, we're thrilled. There's energy, it's new, we're embarking on new destinations and new territory, and it's all a lot of fun. We really, really like that. But then, life happens, right? And life could happen in the form of a sickness or a loss of a significant relationship or junk, or perhaps we lose income or lose a job, and we quickly descend into what he calls the dip. We're not going to call it the dip, though. We're going to call it the cell. This is where we find ourselves. And we have two options at that point. Option number one is we stay right there in the cell. And by the way, this is what most people choose. They start out and they have a great time and there's all of this energy and momentum and they're excited and then life kind of happens and then they just hang out in the cell. They get used to it. They get numb to the presence of this dark, dank place. The other option, though, is that we push through to our reward. Now, we can think about this with a lot of different ventures in life. Let's think about it in terms of our friendship with God. This is often where people start. They trust in the leadership and the forgiveness that God offers and get very excited about that. Like, I've got a forever friend. This is wonderful. He will never leave me. And we get all juiced up about that. And God is answering prayer and doing all kinds of wonderful things in life. And we're very happy with that. But then life happens. We lose. Pain invades or sickness invades or loss invades. And we find ourselves in the cell. How do you get out of that? It's a great question for us to think about. I mean, how do you get out of this low spot? Answer, you can't. Happy Memorial Day. Isn't that all depressing, right? Like we're just kind of stuck here forever to dwell in the cell, right? 
the reality is we can't get ourselves out, and that's why we need something called a shepherd. And the Lord is my shepherd. We talked about that late last week. He belongs to me. I can personalize him. He's mine. And God the whole time is saying, I can get you out of the cell. I mean, I'm like really, really good at this. I can lead you right out of there. This is what I do all day long. You are sheep. You're bound to end up there. It's like you can't even help yourself, but I'm big and strong and mighty, and I can lead you right out of the cell. Here's our big idea for today, kind of what we're going to focus on, and that is break out of the cell of drift by choosing to go where the shepherd leads. See, there's a choice in here for us. So we're just going to discuss how we can break out of the cell of spiritual drift by pushing God to the back because I have too much pain in my life or too many pursuits, and that causes us to land in the cell, and we get stuck there, and we drift. So we're going to talk about how to break out of that cell by choosing to go where the shepherd leads. I want to tell you a little bit about my own personal story of being in a cell one time. Before I moved here to... Valley Point Church. I served at a church called Grace Church in Illinois outside of Chicago. Had a six-year run there and was having a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Was on a great staff and we were really seeing God do some incredible things. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I really sensed at the six-year point that God was doing something different and unique in my life. And about that time, it looked like it was going to work out for me to be the lead pastor there at that church. And I got really excited about that. I mean, when you think about our little drawing up here, I was energized and way up here because I thought this was exactly the challenge that God wanted for me. I thought this is what God has for me. Well, because of a variety of different reasons, it didn't work out. And I remember not being angry that it didn't work out. I was just terribly confused. Like, God, I thought this is what you had for me. I've been dreaming about this. I've been praying about it. It seemed like an answer to prayer. It was good for our family. And I was just kind of confused about what's next. What does this mean? And I couldn't sleep at night because my mind was moving. And I've always been able to sleep at night. And that was bothersome. It was like a dark night of the soul. as I tried to wrestle with all of this and tried to figure out, what does God have for me and my family? I really felt like I was in a cell. See, I couldn't see what God had for me. I could see what I wanted, but I couldn't see what God had for me. God didn't want me there. God wanted me here. And sometimes you can't see that in the cell, and so you need a shepherd. You got to have somebody who will lead you out onto your reward. Do you know what our problem is sometimes? We want everything mapped out in life, don't we? Like, we want to know what's happening tomorrow and next week and next month. We love mapping everything out. And sometimes God lets us do that, and that's all good. But then there are those times where it's very cloudy. Like, I just can't see. I can't figure this out. I don't know what God has for me. We find ourselves in that low spot, in that dip, in that cell. And I think God kind of likes that because it's an opportunity for us to completely trust in him and allow him to lead us out of the cell. So let me ask, I want you to think about yourself for just a minute and kind of where you're at and what's happening in your life and the circumstances that surround you this morning. Just think about yourself. Are you in a cell? I mean, are you kind of there? 
in that dark spot where you're wondering what's going to happen next and you're not so sure because it's cloudy and you really can't see, do you feel like you're in a cell? Then you need a shepherd. And we have one. We have a shepherd who said, I can belong to you and I've got some great things for you. So I want to check out verses 2 and 3 again as they will serve as our path for today. So here's what verses 2 and 3 say. He, speaking of the shepherd, lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Now last week we talked about how this psalm was written by a guy named David, who eventually became the king of God's people. But before that, he was a shepherd. And so he kind of uses language that's familiar to him. And so he talks about the shepherd who is God. That's who that represents here in this paragraph. And then he talks about the sheep, which is us. We're the sheep here. Now, verse two talked about green pastures, green meadows, and they were not the natural terrain of this area. The hills that surrounded Bethlehem, where David would have been a shepherd, were not lush, and they were not green. So if you wanted a green pasture, if you wanted to take your sheep to a green meadow, you had to actually cultivate that. You had to move stuff out of the way so that the grass would grow and the sheep could eat. See, it's the leadership of the shepherd that provides this stuff. We can't really do it on our own. The pasture, the peaceful stream that's talked about here, this is like all God's gift to us. This is not something that we can make. This is not something that we can invent on our own. See, we can't get out of the cell on our own. We need a shepherd, somebody who will lead us to peaceful streams and green pastures. So he's an amazing shepherd. So I'd like to lift three thoughts right out of these few verses. Here's thought number one. This is personal. I mean, this is very personal to us. If you look at those verses again, it says, He lets me rest. He leads me, he renews me, he guides me. I mean, this is personal. This is what the shepherd does for us. Just let that kind of sink in again. He lets me rest. He leads me, he renews me, he guides me. And that's because he knows you by name and he loves you and he knows exactly what you need in the cell. Are you letting him do this? I mean, are you letting God lead you to rest? and renew you, and guide you? Notice what the shepherd doesn't do here. He doesn't take us to places where we've already eaten, because that's not good enough anymore. He takes us to new places. I love the word rest in verse 2. It has the idea of being a repeated action. So get this, the shepherd continually, I mean, not just one time, It's not like we've got one shot at letting him take us to a green pasture. No, he continually leads us to places where we can feed and rest. Question, what are the green pastures? What are the peaceful streams that are being talked about here? Well, I believe it's a place where we are consumed with him, the shepherd, and nothing else. I mean, it's a place where we just get consumed with knowing him and being obedient to him and putting a smile on his face, being consumed with him and not really caring about other things. Let me ask you, would you say today 
that you're in a green pasture or a peaceful stream where you're just kind of consumed with God and all that he's done for you and all that he can do for you and other things are taking a backseat or do you have that kind of reversed a little bit? See, this is about trusting the shepherd. He leads, he guides, he restores. He has this amazing ability. This is very, very personal. Here's the second thought. The shepherd wants me renewed and on the right path. That's what he wants. Verse three, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. So let me ask you two questions. Do you have a purpose for your life? We should kind of think about who you are and where you're going and what you're doing. Would you say that you have a purpose for your life? And can you state that clearly? And here's the second question. Do you have a compelling reason to get out of bed every day? I mean, is there just a compelling reason to get up and to dress and to shave, if you have to do that, and just go on with your day? Is there a compelling reason to do that? See, think about this. Our shepherd knows the green pastures and the quiet waters that restore us, and we will only reach those places by following him. Again, we can't get out on our own. We can't do this. We need a shepherd. And if we're going to get to that place where we're only consumed with him, we have to follow his leadership. So here's the big question. Are you fully obedient to God? Fully. I mean, what is the next step of obedience that's right in front of you? See, I think we're more aware of that than maybe what we believe. So what's that next step of obedience for you? Maybe for some of you, it's the whole baptism thing. We've been talking about that, and we've got a Sunday set up next week. We're going to baptize people, and they're going to take that step of obedience. And maybe God's been whispering into your heart about you doing that, you identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, and telling everybody who's watching, I belong to Christ. And maybe God's been speaking to you about that, and you've kind of been pushing back for whatever reason, because it seems weird, or it's embarrassing, or whatever the case might be. But you know that's kind of what God has for you. Maybe for some of you, it's a faith conversation. Like you've got this friend or a family member and you have been thinking about sharing a little bit about what God is doing in your life and God's been whispering into your heart and saying, hey, go, have that conversation. Plant that seed. Extend that invite to Valley Point Church with them and you've kind of been pushing back because it's a fearful thing. There's a lot of other things we could throw into that. But what is the next step of obedience for you? See, I think we're aware of that. I think we know that and we tend to avoid that. So are you ready to go? Are you ready to follow? This is what renews us. This is what keeps us on the right path. Not when we avoid all of that, not when we push away, but when we lean in and we follow the shepherd. Because the shepherd wants me renewed and on the right path. That's what he wants for you. Here's thought number three. He wants honor given to his name. That's what the last part of verse three says. He lets, he leads, he renews, he guides, bringing honor to his name. Notice it's all about the shepherd here. It's not about the sheep. It's about the shepherd and his leadership and how he's out front guiding. He isn't behind me yelling at me. See, isn't this what we think of God sometimes? 
Like this is the picture we have of him, that he's this big God and he's behind us and he's pushing and he's kicking and he's yelling like a mad CEO demanding that we go this way. That really isn't the picture we have of God in the 23rd Psalm. We see him as one who is out in front inviting us, clearing paths for us, finding green meadows where we can eat and finding peaceful streams where we can rest. See, this is a good deal for us. This is a great leader. The shepherd is a great leader for us. So I've got three takeaways for us as we celebrate our weekend. Here's takeaway number one. My response is my responsibility. See, the shepherd doesn't transport us. He doesn't force. He leads, but we have to respond. He doesn't make us do anything. We must follow. One of the things that I love about Psalm 23 is that it really doesn't focus on the animal-like qualities of the sheep. It focuses on how they follow. And when they have a good shepherd, they're very willing to follow. And again, today's kind of a wake-up call to say, we have a great shepherd. Like, this is not a debate. This isn't an option for us. We're not really considering that. We believe that. We understand that he's an amazing shepherd, and he's looking for us to follow. So my response is my responsibility. Takeaway number two, learn to go where the shepherd leads. And the key word here is learn. So how do you do that? Well, you got to dig in to what God says in his word. And we say this again and again and again here at Valley Point. If you only get out of God's word what you get on any given Sunday, it's not enough. You'll starve spiritually. And so if we want to learn to go where the shepherd leads, we have to spend an increasing amount of time discovering what God says in his letter to us. Because that's what this is. It's his letter. It's his instruction. It's his guidance book for us. So if we want to learn to go where the shepherd leads, we got to get into that. And it becomes clear. Takeaway number three. Don't demand your own parking place. Just don't demand that. And here's why. Because my life should primarily be doing one thing, and that's honoring the shepherd. I mean, everything that I do and everything that I say and even everything that I think should be honoring the shepherd. Is that you? Does that describe you? If not, we can get there. It's possible. So a spiritual drift something that defines you? Is spiritual drift something that you feel happening in your own life? Then break out of the cell of spiritual drift by choosing to go. Make the choice. Choose to go where the shepherd leads because he is a good shepherd and the Lord is my shepherd. Father, we're so thankful for a few moments here to consider what you want to say to us about how you lead and how you guide. God, we believe you to be a good shepherd, even when we don't understand, even when we don't get it all. We believe you to be a good shepherd and you take us to green meadows and you take us to peaceful streams where 
we can rest and where we can be restored and where we can eat. But God, we have to follow. And it's in following you that we're able to break out of the cell of spiritual drift. God, this happens to all of us. We find ourselves there. Life happens. There's a lot of ups and downs. But yet, God, we know. We know that you can lead us out. We can't do it on our own. It's not possible. But you, the great shepherd, can lead us right out. And so, God, today, we pray that you'd give us courage to chase this. Help us to not be content and get numb to the cell and just stay there and close the door and assume that's the way it is. Because God, I believe you have great things for each and every person in this room and you want to use our lives to impact the lives of others. God, that's really, really hard to pull off when we're hanging out in that cell. So God, help us to break out and move on to our reward. Help us to follow your lead. God, use this today to encourage and challenge and even convict. Help us to move to where you want us to move to. And God, we pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m. 